Welcome to Your Best Writing Life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Your Best Writing Life is associated with the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held each year in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. Each week on this podcast, you receive tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so glad that you're listening in today because our topic is organization for writers. And I'm glad to have one of my favorite industry experts here with us today to share on this topic, Edie Melson. Those of you that know her, you know that her core message is find your voice, live your story. And her blog, The Right Conversation, reaches thousands and has consistently been named a Writer's Digest Top 100 Sites for Writers. As the author of numerous award-winning books, she's quick to remind those she meets about the practical and personal applications of God's infinite love. Edie Melson, it is so good to have you on the show. It is so good to be here. Thank you. You are welcome. You're welcome. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to take a look at our show notes for links to our excellent guest here today and for your Best Writing Life Facebook group link as well. You'll also find this month's writing tips and Soul Care for Writers downloadable link. Good to have you. So glad you're here. Now let's head into our content for today, Organization for Writers. Now, Edie, you say that organization for writers has two facets, organizing our writing time and organizing our writing. So what does organizing our writing time consist of? Well, I think it's really important to look at it in two parts because otherwise it can get muddled. So organizing my writing time includes finding the best time to write, setting reasonable goals, factoring in other work and writing tasks like social media, emails, speaking, marketing, whatever that is. Okay, good, good. So what I'd like you to do is, if you would, please go ahead and walk us through what this process looks like. Well, everybody's writing time, organizing that writing time is going to look a little bit different because we each have different goals. So the first thing we have to do is we have to figure out what your goal is or what my goal is when it comes to writing. Uh, is my goal to write a book? To publish a book is my goal to earn a living off of my writing. Do I have multiple goals? Uh, it's important to know exactly what we're in this for. And I believe it's also important to have those goals written down because it's really easy just to take things as they come. But when I write something down, that gives it weight and that gives it a priority in my life. So that's mm. the first thing. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to determine when in a 24-hour period I'm the most creative. Now, we all have those sweet spots. Um, when I was young, like a, a new mother and young mother, my sweet spot was at night. So I used to write at night and late or early into the wee hours of the morning. That was my sweet spot. Okay. That is no longer my sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Nine o'clock, I turn into a pumpkin and it's not pretty. Um, so my sweet spot is the morning. 
from like six, seven o'clock until noon. That's when that's when I'm usually hitting on on all cylinders. That's when I'm the most creative. So what I try to do is I try to mark off that time frame in my calendar as writing time. So I try to have my appointments in the afternoon. I try to do my business writing like marketing and and press releases and articles and things like that in the afternoons, but I save my creative time for when I'm most creative. So you need to figure out what that looks like for you. Then I think you also have to figure out a way to um schedule your time. Mm. Just because you figure out that mornings are your best time doesn't mean that you can write every single morning. And I have to tell you, I see these posts and these articles that said a real writer has to write every day or should write every day. And I'll tell you what, I kind of cringe because for years, I was a young mother who wrote and my top priority from God after him and after my husband was my kids. And so writing every single day wasn't possible for me. But what I could do is I could find two or three times a week or once a week, and I could set that time as a regular writing time. So I tell people that what you should do is to come up with a schedule on when you can write. And then stick to it. So you should have a regular writing time, but it doesn't have to be daily and it doesn't have to be normal. So, you know, it may be that the only time you can write is from four o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the morning or from four to five. Um, When my kids were little, my husband would put them to bed and I would write from midnight until 4 a.m., three nights a week. And he would get up in the morning and he would help them get ready for school. And I would sleep in on those days. So you have to figure out what makes the most sense for your lifestyle. And Edie, I'm going to say to you, I'm just going to jump in right here. That makes so much sense to me. It's figuring out when those creative juices are flowing, because if you're sitting there and you're just kind of brain dead and you're like, I have to, I have to, and the joy is gone. And there are times when I just am more creative. I am so in agreement with that. I love it. So that's going down on my calendar here too. Okay. Find that creative time. Good. And schedule it. Make sure that it's in there. Okay. Got it. Another thing you have to do is you have to let go of your expectations. Mm. Um, There's a big difference between goals and expectations. One of my expectations when I first started writing was that I would publish a book really quickly. And I wasn't planning on self-publishing. I was thinking that I could have a goal or an expectation that somebody would provide me with a publishing contract. 11 years later (laughs) was my first book being published. Okay, so you want to make sure that your expectations are reasonable and that you're not confusing them with goals. And you also want to make sure that you're not expecting things that are unreasonable from those around you. 
Mm. Um, you know, we automatically expect that because people love us, they're going to support us. And they do, but they don't know what that looks like in practice. You know, sometimes we have a husband who maybe thinks supporting us is taking us out to dinner when really what we need is for him to send us to a coffee shop to write. Mm. But if we don't tell him that, then he can't fulfill that expectation in a way that makes sense to us. So we have to be really careful and manage and let go of these expectations. Sounds good. The next thing you want to think about is you've got your creative time, you've got your goals, you've got how you're going to manage your regular writing time. Now, build in regular breaks. Okay, Mm. I am 25 years into this game. And there are days in the past when I would sit at this computer and I would write for 10 hours straight. Mm. And I have the bad back to prove it. Okay, that is not a healthy way to manage your writing life. To be able to stick with writing long term, you have to be healthy physically. And that means you have to be wise. So you have to build in these regular breaks. Um, I have a friend of mine who always says divert daily, withdraw weekly and abandon annually. Uh, I am a much more creative writer when I take time to refill. Yes. And I, then I do that too. I, yeah. I have to get up and move around. And sometimes I actually have to set a timer that will go off and grab my attention because I'll get so involved in what I'm doing. I don't realize it's been hours and hours and I haven't physically moved. So yes. this is, I'm, this is spot on for me. And I think this is a a part of organization because you have to build in these breaks or you don't take them. Mm -hmm. So that's part of organizing your writing time. I think you also need to evaluate how much time you're spending on social media. Now, Mm -hmm. anybody who knows me knows I am the queen of social media and you all think I love it. I could tell you stories about how much I don't love it. I love the relationships. I love the results. I don't love the process. Uh, But I have to tell you, I can get sucked into the Facebook hole where you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it's two hours later as quickly as anybody, particularly during the day when I am working, during my working hours, I set a timer if I go on social media to make sure that I'm using my time wisely and being a good steward. Because really and truly, after 30 minutes on social media, you are no longer working. You have been sucked into a dark hole. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And the last one, of course, is I kind of alluded to with the breaks, and that is you have to build in ways to take care of yourself physically. If Mm. I know I'm going to be on a deadline, I will generally try to either put up some, um, well, I'll try to go to the grocery store and get, get healthy snacks because I'm a snacker when I write. I like something crunchy. And that can be M&M's or I've discovered I am equally happy with carrots. Okay, carrots are a much better choice, folks. (laughs) So I try to have the healthy stuff easy to grab when I am on a a writing bench. 
That is good. I, I would do that for Sam and I. We make sure that we have our fruit and vegetables that are washed, ready to go. I even take, you know, those different colored peppers. They're not yes. hot peppers, but they're the orange and the red. Bell, and the, bell peppers. Yes. and But they even have a party size, so mm-hmm. they're a little bit smaller. I take those, wash them, seed them, and put them in the crisper. And they are nice and crunchy and cold and so good. So I, well, I love doing that too. Well, let me tell you a, a, a trick that I discovered two books ago. Okay. If I had, I had chopped up some bell peppers, some celery, and some carrots because I was doing a dip and I guess I got on a roll. I had too many. So I put them in a bowl. So they were all chopped up nice and neat. I will tell you what, that is my very most favorite snack to set beside my computer. I enjoy that even better than M&M's. I can dig into a bowl of that chopped up together and just eat it like candy. Oh, that's good. We have something in common. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. So these are a lot of excellent points to organize our writing time. What else do you want to dive into before we move on to the next to the next process? Well, one of the things that I do as a writer is I have a lot of different streams of income. I I write for blogs, I write articles, I write books, I do coaching, and it's very easy to get disorganized when you're doing so many different things. And so what I do is I like to work on like things at the time, at the same time. Uh, Let me explain what that means. Some people call it batching. And so what I like to do is, um, like, for example, if I have four blog posts that I have to write for this week, then I'm going to choose an afternoon and I'm going to write all four blog posts in that afternoon. I'm not going to write a devotion and then a blog post and then work on an article because every time I do that, my brain has to shift slightly because Mm. the format is a little different. So if I can cluster these things together so that I'm working on like things at the same time, I'm much more efficient with my time. And so I really try to do that. I also use something when I'm working on things that I don't like, because contrary to popular belief, just because you've decided to become a writer does not mean you are going to love 100% of what you do. There is drudgery in everything God calls us to, unfortunately. And so I use something called the Pomodoro method. And I'm going to have a link to that down Mm -hmm. in the show notes. And it's basically a technique that helps you set aside 20 minute blocks of time to do things. If I know I only have to work on paperwork or the checkbook or something like that for 20 minutes, I can do it. But if I think I have to sit here and do this until it's done and I have a whole eight hours of this ahead of me, I'm going to put it off. And so I really love the Pomodoro method because it helps me stay engaged and effective and efficient without overwhelming me. 
The last thing I do is something that I know that you're wondering if I'm going to touch on, and that is I have a bullet journal. And I use bullet journaling to help me stay organized. It is a method of journaling. There's actually a, a video on my website that we can link to that shows you exactly what it is, but it helps me figure out what I'm doing at any given time during the week, and it helps me stay organized. Those are really my biggest tips when it comes to organizing your writing life. Okay, this is good. It, you have given us a lot. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Now we're looking at part two, which you say is organize. We need to organize our writing. So what factors are in that process? That involves capturing and cataloging ideas, keeping up with notes, and naming your files so you can find them. <laughs> I don't know of anybody who hasn't had a problem with that. <laughs> well, I'm right here going, okay, I want to jump to that one first, but <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with you and how you suggest that we accomplish this. So let us hear the process, Edie. All right. The first section is capturing and cataloging ideas. I don't know about you, but my best ideas never come at a convenient time. And so what I have found is that I have to do a little bit of pre-work in my life so that I always have a way to capture those ideas when they appear. Because believe me, those little puppies will run off and you will never find them again if you don't grab them when they show so the first thing I do is I always keep a notebook nearby. Now, that can be a digital note-taking notebook, or it can be a physical note-taking notebook. And I utilize my notes app on my iPhone a great deal. I love that. And it is very good as far as allowing me to take notes, I have it backed up to Dropbox so that I don't lose anything. And if it's something that I have an idea about that I'm using right now, I can just email it to myself as soon as I'm done making the note. So that's the first thing I do is make sure I always have that backed up. I also, so funny, my my poor, sweet, amazing husband banned me from taking notes while I was driving years ago. He was in the car with me one time, and I swear to you, I was stopped at a red light, but he's still sort of freaked out. Uh, so he said, no more notes in the car. So that's when I started using Dragon Naturally Speaking on my phone. They have a great app, and it's free. Also, you can use the Memo built-in memo app on your phone. I use it as a, I used to carry a voice recorder too. And now I just use my iPhone for all of that. So that's a great way to do it. Now that you've got a way to catalog these ideas, where do you find them? And a lot of times I find my ideas when I am reading blogs that I like or reading magazine articles or whatever it is that I happen to be reading at the time. And so I have learned that particularly when I'm doing things on a website is I will sometimes take a screenshot of the digital article and I use a program like Evernote 
uh, to hold on to that. I also have a file on my computer, on my desktop. It says ideas, and it's a tickler file, and it's divided into blog ideas and article ideas and devotion ideas, and, you know, it goes on and on. And so, like, for example, I follow a site. It's not really a devotional site because it's secular, but it's a site that that has good advice for being healthy, mentally healthy. And I saw a blog or I saw a post one day that said 20 tips to becoming a healthier or becoming a happier person. And I looked at that and I began reading it and I thought, you know, maybe I should write a blog post that is 20 tips to becoming a happier writer. I didn't take any of the bullet points from that article, that online article blog post that I had read, but it started me thinking. So what I did is in my file for ideas is I wrote down my idea, 20 tips to becoming a happier writer. And then I copied and pasted the link to that particular article because I knew when I saw that article, when I pulled it up, it would immediately trigger my brain to remember what I had been thinking when I wrote that title down. So good. I love it. I love all of the apps. I love, I'm also a Mac uh, user. And so, you know, being able to back things up, utilizing notes, love it. And the built-in memo app, love it. All of these, so very, very good. All right, I'm not going to stop you. Keep going. Well, and don't think that um, a billboard can't snag something either. I was driving by one day, driving in my car, and I saw this billboard, and it was advertising new construction on this subdivision. And it said, Gated Community Master Builder. And there was something else. And I was looking at that. I thought, hmm, gated community master builder. What does that make me think about? You can enter in by the narrow gate. Uh, Sheep know the master's voice. I had a whole devotion that came out of that. Mm. Uh, And so you could snap a picture with your iPhone or you could just write it down. I was driving, so I did not snap a picture. You will be happy to know. (laughs) I used my voice recorder and wrote it down. And when I got home, the next thing is to figure out how to organize your files. How do you name files? And I think this is so important because a lot of times we just name a file what we're working on. Like my latest book that I just turned in, Six months late, lest you think some of us don't do that. It's called Soul Care When You're Grieving. It was mm-hmm. due was due the week after we lost our daughter-in-law. So mm-hmm. my my publisher, Bold Vision Books, gave me lots of grace on that. And I just turned it in. Um, but when I started that book, like everyone, you know, you open a file on your computer and you go, Soul Care When You're Grieving. Uh, you might get smart and put working copy or first draft. Um, And then you decide, no, I'm going to pull that out. I'm going to start over here. And so you name the first one first draft. And then you go, okay, so care when I'm grieving working copy, final draft, you know, three or four drafts into this, you are 
looking at it going now which one was the one i had last yes. and how did yes. i do that? and the thing of it is is you can go oh well i can just look at the date well the date on your computer is when it was last opened not when it was created you have to go a little deeper to find the created date and i never can remember how to get to that so what i have started doing is i call it the title and I either put draft or something after it if I want to, but I always put the date. Yes. So that I know, okay, this one was started on September 12th or in 2020 or in 2019, or this is the most recent one because I know when it was started. And then I always have... I always have ancillary files, particularly when I'm writing something that's uh, devotional or that has Bible verses in it. And so what I've started doing is I also include a master Bible verse list because Hmm. I don't know about you, but I really hate going through devotions and they use the same three verses over and over again. So what I do is every time I choose a verse, it goes on to this master list and they're in order from Old Testament to New Testament. And that way I can tell at a glance if I have used something more than once, I can tell if I am using too many of the same translation or version. I can do I have a good balance between Old Testament and New Testament is everything Psalms and first Corinthians. You know, I can tell all of that at a glance. Then the other thing I do is, I don't know about you, but I hate to delete anything because everything I write is solid gold. (laughs) (laughs) So so it really kills me to delete something. You know, like if I look at something and I go, oh, this whole section has to go. It just hurts my heart a little bit. So I play games with myself. I take that and I have another document that says deleted bits. And I take the the part that I'm going to get rid of, I copy it, I paste it into deleted bits, and then I can delete what's in my manuscript. And it's much better because of that. So that's what I do with a book. Now, one of the things that I do when I'm researching an article or a blog post, let's say I'm doing an article for a home improvement site on bathroom remodeling. Okay, so I begin doing my research. So I open up two Word documents. I have one that is the bathroom remodeling, the the Word document for that. And then I have a Word document that's called Research and Ideas. Mm. So every time I go to a website page that I think, ooh, this could work in this, then I write whatever I want in my article. And I copy and paste that website page, not the general website, but the actual page where I found what I needed. Because trust me, some of these websites are so big, you'll never get back to where you were. (laughs) It's like a maze. So I copy that website page and then the URL, I mean. And then what I do is I make a note of what's part of that that I wanted. Like this has a great section about about medicine cabinets. And then as I'm doing this article on general bathroom remodeling, I'm going, you know, I got all this research. It wouldn't take much to write another article and sell it about how do you choose a medicine cabinet? 
Did you know there are five different types of medicine cabinets that you can use in a bathroom? I had no idea. Yeah, neither did I till I started researching this first article. Then I found all this stuff. So as I'm going through, I'm not just keeping up with the research that I did for the article, but I have a section in that Word document that says additional article ideas. What I'm doing is I am reusing the research that I've already done and making it go farther. So good. So this is kind of how I organize everything. I, I used to keep a manila folder with uh, article ideas and stuff in it. And now I just, if I have to have something in hard copy, I will usually take a picture of it, put that picture on a Word document, give it a title, and file it where it needs to go in my digital files. Well, I also know that you are an amazing photographer. Do you use the photos that you take in any way to prompt an idea or to enhance a concept in your writing or, you know, to use it as a bookmark? I use it as something to get ideas from. Any of you who follow me on social media know that my Instagram account is almost is almost 100% my photographs along with a short microblog or a devotion. And so I have found that God has a lot to tell me about life and about spiritual life when I'm looking at his creation. And mm -hmm. so I use that. I also use my camera to do some things like I love to do pictures of quotes and things. I have a quote board and I love to put quotes on it and then put it together with twinkle lights and things like that and take a picture of that and share that on Instagram or on Facebook as an encouragement. So I do use my camera in those ways, but I use my iPhone a lot too to take a snapshot and go, ooh, now here's a good illustration for this. I could write about this and it would make sense. This has been great. You've given us so much I think Edie has a wonderful gift for us. What are you going to make available to us or what do we have available in our show notes from you? Well, I have put together a PDF called uh, Organize Your Writing Life and it's tips for organizing your writing time and tips for organizing your writing. It'll be a lot of what I have already shared here and it's all in black and white so you can print it out or file it digitally. It's exactly what we all need and we know exactly where we're going to put it <laughs> and you know what you're going to name that file when you do it. So this has been spectacular. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Edie. I'd, I'd like us to kind of divert our attention for just a moment. And I want to ask, you have a full life, a life that is busy by design because God does have you active in a lot of areas, including in the life of your family. Is there a scripture that is really close to your heart right now that you are like, this is what God is speaking into me right now. Well, I it's so funny that you ask because there is something that I'm really working on. I've started a tickler file 
in my notes section that says unusual Bible verses for writers. So there are mm. Bible verses that don't just say record my vision or the pen of a ready writer, or it, not the ones that are so obvious. And one of the ones that I've really been meditating on for my writing life and for my life in general has been Philippians 3, 12 through 14. So I'm going to read this. And as I do, I want you to think about not just how this pertains to our spiritual life, but as writers, think about how absolutely applicable this is. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I think so many times as writers, we can be tempted to say, well, you know, I had this book and it was in Sam's Wholesale in 2018 and I had this. But what have you done lately? Or we can have had that and we think I'll never be able to match that. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what has gone before. Our goal as believers, as writers in everything is to press on. Because God tells us, I do a new thing today. Mm. And he is constantly taking us higher to a new place with him. That might not necessarily translate to more recognition. But if we are moving higher with him and closer to him, we are going to be more fulfilled tomorrow than we are today. Mm. So nice. Thank you. Very good. I love saying that on this show. <laughs> I, I know that I have certain words that I use again because after I hear what an expert has shared and also, Edie, with you, when you share certain things, there isn't something to say to it other than so good. It's just so good. I don't need to add to it. <laughs> it is always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so very much for being on your best writing life. Thank you. And yes, we will have her back. Why? Because she does good stuff. (laughs) So I want to (laughs) say that's truth. That's just what it is. Thank you, friends. Also, thank you for joining us. I know you have a choice as to what podcast you listen to. And with your best writing life, Our prayer is that what we share can make an immediate difference in your writing life for what God has next that's best for you, and also give you something to contemplate, something to think about, maybe something to make a file on and to tuck away, because you never know when you're going to use it. But we do know that your time is valuable, and you are greatly, greatly appreciated. So what I ask is just take a moment to subscribe. That way you don't miss any of our episodes. And give us a rating there. And the rating are the stars that you see there. How many stars you can give it for particular episodes, for the podcast itself, and also writing a review. That writing, what you have to say, matters 
just as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time with another industry expert on your best writing life.